Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, you can download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to fill out your brackets. Play along with us. Filling out brackets with ESPN is two greatest things in life. Free and easy. The ESPN Tournament <laughs> Challenge is presented by WebEx. By the way, we already have over 11.6 million brackets. Went up to 200,000 in the last, what, I don't know, a few minutes? Go to the app and join the KJM group to play along with us. Here's the latest on Deshaun Watson. The Atlanta Falcons are joining the Panthers, Saints, and Browns as teams that have met with or are interested in trading for the Texans quarterback. The Falcons have been committed to veteran Matt Ryan, but owner Arthur Blank has talked about eventually finding his successor, and resetting the franchise's future. Matt Ryan's been good. Has he ever been as good as Deshaun was last time he played a full season? All options are open, but it's not going to be easy, a Falcon source told ESPN in regard to a potential Deshaun Watson deal or trade, That would, I mean. Now, Arthur Blank is fond of Deshaun from the days – when the former Gainesville, Georgia high school quarterback worked multiple years as a Falcons ball boy and developed a relationship with Arthur Blank's family. Um, Key, what do you think about... Well, look, look, if the Falcons are really interested in this and they can somehow figure out a way to, to carry Dag Cat, I don't even know how they would do that. It'd be, put him over $75 million or something like that. Does it make sense... For Deshaun Watson, does does going closer to home in Atlanta make sense, Key? I mean, it may. It's always going home is always it makes sense, right? Coming from LA back to New York makes sense for you because it's it's your comfort level. You feel good. You 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 feel like you can get your best work done. And I Do think you know what Deshaun, it took to get me back out of LA. <laughs> I don't want to know what it took. To get <laughs> A lot. Well, I didn't want to leave LA. About that. But I'm saying it, it, your comfort level, you just feel better. And I think in Deshaun's situation. He's at home. He feels better. He's, he feels protected. Um, his family is close proximity, all of those sort of things. Atlanta will certainly be, at 27 years old, certainly have a quarterback for the next 12 years, plus potentially the way these QBs are playing nowadays. So their future would be secure. They can rebuild that team and that organization. It wouldn't take long with a Deshaun Watson on your team. Um, but can you carry – Two quarterbacks at that, no, it, it just doesn't seem like it makes sense. Um, you'd be surprised what organizations will do with cap situations, but I don't think I don't think they could have them both on because Matthew Matthews a starter, he's not a backup. And I know if if Deshaun goes to Atlanta, there may be some sort of suspension that comes down, so he has to sit for a little bit. But Matt's a starter. Matt is not a backup. Yeah, this to me just. Uh, and I get how people can tie it that Deshaun Watson would want to be home and the story feels right because he was a ball boy on their team and the familiarity with being an ATL. This just this doesn't make sense to me. Number one, the Falcons have been preaching about their commitment to Matt Ryan for the longest time. Uh, that just shows you and how they restructured his contract. And number two, like trading Ryan after they restructured his contract but before June 1 would probably it gives the Falcons like a 55 point five million dollar cap hit so then if you have to add watson's 35 million dollar salary to that cap as well 
Like, it just that doesn't make sense to me at There's all. There's one thing that would make sense. You could do after June one, but still, mm-hmm. it just. There's one thing that would make sense to me. If if you have the chance to get a generational changing type quarterback in his prime, what, you know, it's not tanking for the season, but re, like go sign a practice squad. Like it doesn't really matter. Use this season to land your quarterback, and then the dead money comes off next year, and you're good. You know what I mean? Like, would you sacrifice a season of a team around Deshaun in order to land him now? I, I mean, the Falcons aren't really – Where the, do you think the Falcons are going to win a Super Bowl this year? No. I, it, it might make some sense. Don't work like that in the league, man. I don't know how many times I got to tell you that, Max. Well, I'm don't not you, saying tank. You, you try to do the, put it, the best it, team around him you can. Yeah, but you, you don't come into the season saying, oh, well, we, we're looking to 2023. No, 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 no. You, you what I'm saying is you put the best team around him you can, but the dead cap money is going to make it really hard for you yeah, to be a so very good team, but you try you, your best. But that means that you're going in 2023 already committing to failure because you know your salary cap ramifications is going to handicap you from being able to do anything. And free key agency, agency, sure. Key, this is what I keep thinking about. And <laughs> if you're Deshaun Watson – and you just came from your last season in which you barely had nothing to work with, and you were doing everything on your own pretty much in Houston. I get what the opportunity could look like in Atlanta, but, like, why do I want to go to a situation like that where I have to go through a complete rebuild? Like, don't I want to go somewhere that's already established with a coach that knows exactly what time it is and I have skilled players around me in which I come out of the gate swinging for a home run right away? Not necessarily, because you come in, like you mentioned, right, your last season in Houston. But not only the season, the organization in Houston is a you-know-what show. And Atlanta is a stabilized, one of the best owners in the National Football League, one of the best presidents in Rich McKay, and if not the best president in the National Football League and Rich McKay. You you understand the, the culture because you were a ball boy there. You have a great relationship. So it's all that sort of stuff that you look to, how they took care of Michael Vick, all just everything, and you say to yourself, I'd rather be there because I left this situation in Houston, which, you know, don't let the inmates run the asylum. You had all, you don't want to deal with You're like, I don't want to go to one of those places again. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and then there's the whole issue of he has 22 open civil cases against yeah. him, although tr- criminal charges won't be brought. They're of, you know, they're by massage therapists alleging sexual misconduct. And then people start to say, well, what's the best environment for Deshaun Watson? Would Atlanta, you know, be an issue given the Atlanta has a reputation as a party town? What what would would Atlanta be an issue for Deshaun? Harry Douglas, ESPN football analyst, was on Keyshawn J. Willemax earlier in the day. Listen to what he had to say about that. I don't really see that being an issue for guys that's actually from the state that they're in. I grew up here in Atlanta, and I played here for seven years, and it was never an issue. I don't think it would be an issue for Deshaun as well. you got to remember, he played in Houston. It's not like Houston. You heard Drake, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Houston is a, is a town that's a party town as well, so but, I don't think Harry, he's going to have he that issue here in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the town is the – you know, people say, well, this town is a party town. The party, the party is on my phone. Right. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, uh, social media, anybody in the world can get a hold of me if I choose to make myself accessible to read it and to engage and interact. But I would listen, while you're largely right and people can fly people in the whole thing, it, it is <laughs> there's a difference between say Indianapolis and Vegas. If you're like there's you're easier to get in trouble in Vegas than Indianapolis. It is. 
Man, you get in trouble anywhere. Uh, I'm not Max. saying you can't. Not, I know, no and I know you know that, and you're not saying that. I get it. My whole point is, though, we said these same things about gambling many years ago when we talked about putting professional teams in Las Vegas, and the whole argument was, well, you know, you got everything there, and they're at the disposal, and the players are going to be there. They got that in Miami. Yeah. They got it in Green Bay. They got it in New Jersey. They got it in Chicago. They got it everywhere. Green Bay is just like Compton. I mean, like it is true. Nowadays, everything's like everywhere, largely uniform Man, in terms they of set what's up, available. Max, as a player who played in the National Football League mm-hmm. and who who lived in multiple cities, any and everything is at your disposal. And that was before social media and exactly. everything is microwave. They set up. Today. They, hey, they set up shop on purpose. Yeah. So. You know what I'm saying? It I ain't do. like it, it, it ain't like you can go down to the corner store and not get what you want. You can get whatever you want. Right. That's right. Um, and then there's also, you know, best landing spots for Matt Ryan in the event that, you know, Deshaun Watson somehow does wind up in Atlanta. There's the Eagles, right? He's from Philly. Matt Ryan is. There are the Colts. You imagine Matt Ryan on the Colts. Colts would be Super Bowl contenders, just like that. Browns, I'd say the same thing. Dolphins, a lot of people think you, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see where Tua Tungavailoa is headed this season because he's got, a, he, he, I thought he was really getting better and better. But at this moment, most people would say Matt Ryan. Seahawks, for sure, without Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan makes him better. A lot of good spots. Where would you say the best spot would be, Key? For Deshaun? No, no, for Matt Ryan. If Deshaun oh, actually Ryan? somehow found his way to Atlanta. Come on, baby. Send him to Indy. I would go Indy to start. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And then Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Maybe, to me, it might even be Cleveland than Indy, but one of those two. Nah, Indy because indoor. Indoor. He's been indoors his entire career, although he played college in Boston. That's That was 20 years ago. So he's been indoors his entire career. That ball spins differently. Yeah. And they got a heavy run game. It's a good team and not a great division. You go to Cleveland, man, you in a division. You know, that division is stacked. It's only Tennessee and Indy in the division. I mean, I just think that Matt Ryan would bring way more stability to Indy and Frank Reich and the offense that they want to run because the similarities to a degree with Carson Wentz, even though Carson can do more on the ground with his feet. But Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor, the pieces. It just feels like he would be that missing link for them to get over the hump. Also, you're not you're not going into a fan base. You know, you heard earlier in the show Mary Kay Cabot talking about rabid Baker Mayfield fans. It's not like they're rabid Carson Wentz fans. That yeah. you, and he's gone now anyway. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. We are joined now. We are joined now by Sarah Kustak. Yes, sorry, ESPN. Yes, Network Nets analyst. Sarah, welcome. Good morning. What up, Sarah? Max, Jay, Key. It's so great to talk with you guys. Hey. So what was great was watching Kyrie last night. When did you know? I mean, he, he came off some screens and hit those three so nice and easy early. When he hit that heat check five foot behind the top of the three-point <laughs> line three, that's when I was like, oh, wait a minute. When did you realize it was different last night? Oh, uh, the, the jaw kept dropping. I think the crazy part is when you talk about things being different, put it in perspective that he's coming off of a game the other night in Charlotte where he also had 50, and he did it uh, shooting 15 and 19. So it was almost in the early part of the game, like, man, he just continues to stay locked in. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, Max, I don't know if it's towards the end of the first quarter. There was a couple shots where Orlando's running two guys at him. They're trying to blitz him. They're doing all. And he is getting anywhere he wants to on the floor. And the ball is coming off of his hand so quick. And his handles, you know, just his ability to finish all of those things. But I think just the level of efficiency. And, and it really started to, to click in when you have the Orlando Magic crowd uh, standing on their feet, giving him an ovation, the type of oohs and ahs you were getting from the entire place. It, it was it was just a special, special night. So you've been around basketball your whole life, playing at DePaul and uh, seeing a lot of players in the league across multiple platforms. I, I've been making the point for a while now that from a straight skill perspective, I think Kyrie's the most gifted player I've ever seen. Where would you stand in that argument? Number one. Number one, and I would probably say one of the top, you know, in the early parts of watching him coming over with the Nets, obviously watching him through his career is a different lens when you see him on a day-in, day-out basis. And that's not just – I'm not just talking about how he performs in the biggest stages or in games, but watching him at practices, watching how he goes through his routine – um, it, it's truly remarkable just the skill, and as you said, it, the skill and how I feel like we every season, for as much as we've watched him through his career, every season it seems like he's added more. And now the complications of this year and how he comes in and looks. And, and I think the one thing that stands out to me most is that um, his lean frame, his quickness, you know, the skill set, he's strong. He's strong, so his ability to get to the places he wants, and he does it because of his handles and how he can finish around the rim at that size. Uh, it, to me, it, it's just something that when you watch the consistency that he does it, uh, no doubt to me, he, he stops. So people always try to utilize this narrative by saying, well, you know, he has fresh legs, so you know that gives him a competitive advantage. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. But take me inside basketball, Sarah, because I keep trying to explain to people, do you know how challenging it is to have games off and then come back and then drop 60? Like that time off in basketball where I'm used to touching the ball every single day, that that game rhythm, that game speed, that game conditioning, it's so hard to do on and off. But the fact he can do it at this level consistently, that speaks volumes about where he is. And here's the deal. It's not that, okay, you're going to play every three days. So you got a routine and you got a schedule and I'm going to understand how to get my body prepared and how to keep myself fresh where every Monday, Thursday, Sunday I'm playing. Sometimes it's two weeks. Sometimes it's a couple of days. The variance of when he's actually eligible to play and then to your point, like game conditioning, you, you know this. Anyway, anyone who's, who's done anything um, in terms of condi- – you cannot replicate what game action is like. And so to say you're going to be just practicing, and, and you know the way practices go in the NBA, it's hard to make sure that you're getting that type of run-in uh, with the course of the schedule with everyone else, and then go out and play 40 minutes and do it at the level that he's doing it at in the shot, like game speed shots and those type of moves against the defense where you're you're looking at different different type of coverages, different schemes, and, and I know – you know, for so many reasons, people can say that about the freshness. That that's wild to me because I think it's the exact opposite. I think trying to figure out a way to keep yourself in shape, keep your freshness, and make sure that you 
are having your your skills at the highest point to be able to execute how he is is something that that is uh, just so impressive to me because there is no level of consistency in your routine that should allow you to be that consistent in how you perform. Sarah Kustak, Yes Network Nets analyst with us, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Sarah, you touched on this, you know, in passing, in talking about, you know, how incredible he's been, but... And I, I, Jay, I don't think of it as a gift because it's not. I think of gifts as talents that you're born with. When I think of skill, I think of the reps you put in to hone those the, the talent. Right? I've seen Kyrie's also incredibly talented, gifted, but the skill is what I'm talking about. The precision of the skill, Sarah. I've been saying for several years. I think he's the most skillful player I've ever seen. But what's impressed me is the wisdom in terms of when to deploy the skills in the service of winning, to me it seems he is now in his prime because it's all there. The t- talent's always there. Skill is ridiculous. And when to deploy it to lead a team to victory now looks to me at a new level. Would you say this is the best he's ever been? I think so. Um, however, I know it's, it's a smaller sample size. You know, he played last night with his 19th game of this season, but throughout the course of those 19 games, the the efficiency he's shooting at, the numbers he's putting up, and Max, to your point, it's more than the numbers. It's the eye test, and it's the eye test of understanding time and score and moment. I think even last night was a prime example. And Kyrie said this after the game, but I think for most of us watching from the start, you could see it. He gets things in the flow very rarely um, – is he focused on just scoring points, working isolation? I mean, everything is coming within the flow of the offense. And But what we've seen is how in the fourth quarters or how in closing time or how in different moments um, there is a balance of when he understands when he needs to be finding his own and reading and reacting to a defense of, of making some just terrific passes and opening up his teammates. And Max to me, even just throughout the course of a couple seasons that he's done with the Nets, but you watch him with Boston um, and you watch him in seasons past, like his recognition of he probably could get off a shot anytime he wants to on the floor, but when he can have an even better look uh, for a teammate and he's done so in, in fourth quarters or the last couple minutes of a game and then obviously throughout the course of it. And to me, that that's part of the growth. When I say, like, we, we continue, he's continuing to get to the point of his prime where he's getting better, um, that's, those are the type of things that I think when you're watching him on a nightly basis that just really jump off the page at you. Sarah and Jay, I, I know the Nets have other players other than Kyrie Irving, right? But he is the hottest thing going in the NBA right now where when are we going to see one of their other players if we see him at all in ben simmons sarah i don't know t if i had that answer i'd be uh i'd probably be at a much higher pay grade than i am right now uh the the hope i mean i think there has been expectation and anticipation for him to come back is sometime soon however to this point he is still trying to work out the back issue uh, he's not yet, he's been doing some light court work, but he's not yet even been doing, you know, full play five on five, three on three stuff with the team. And I think that's the point you're obviously trying to get him to because of his back. The team has not. So he was not in, um, in Orlando last night. They had not been having him fly, but I, Keyshawn, I don't, I, I don't know. 
Steve Nash said that, you know, obviously he's hopeful and expects for him to return before the regular season, but it, it's been one of those things where we're kind of waiting to see, and I think that's probably part of the process, too, just waiting to see how that back reacts. But he could be, as, as we've all discussed, you know, uh, overwhelmingly since that trade, how important of a piece he can be and will be, should be, uh, for this team if they have hopes of progressing in the postseason. And, and yeah, getting him on the court, I think, is um, in a timely matter or something. And that's what they're trying to do, he's trying to do. But I, I think right now there's not a lot of answers to, to what that timeline looks like. Sarah, today, uh, last night, and today, March Madness begins. Your Blue Demons got knocked out of the Big East tournament earlier by Marquette. I didn't think they were going to make the tournament, but they are first four. They play tonight. Are you worried at all about your alma mater? Yeah, of course I am, Jay. You, I thought we were just talking about all good stuff this morning. I, I will say this. Uh, I mean, Doug Bruno is still the coach there who I, I played for, I coached with. And um, I don't think anyone thought that they were going to make it to the tournament, to your point. So you get new life and, and a new freshness, I think, is excitement. But, um, yeah, I'll be rooting for them. I'll have a little side view. We have the, the Mavericks-Nets game uh, that we're calling on yes tonight. So I'll, I'll probably have it on the table to keep an eye out. But, to yes, I mean, I'm excited for them. I'd like to say I'm entirely optimistic. But tourney time, anything could happen. But I'm glad, I'm glad they at least have this opportunity. Sarah Kustakov. Yet's Network, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I definitely think South Carolina is the clear-cut favorite, but we watched them lose to a very, what's the best word I want, deliberate, upstart, um, gritty Kentucky squad still going with South Carolina as a favorite. But if they run into Stanford again, that's another great game. We had a great game in the regular season between those two. And I think, you know, Stanford does a couple things different. That's, there's not going to be a cakewalk. I'll put it that way. Oh, we are joined now by one of my personal favorites at ESPN. I don't even know if she knows this. Get it, L. But Get L Duncan, L. I love watching L Duncan on TV. ESPN. Oh, Mac. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. I think you're awesome. Uh, NCAA Women's Tournament on ESPN. Uh, L, 
Tell us what you would you should expect as the NCAA women's tournament starts tonight with the first ever 68 team tournament. I know. Um, well, hey guys, hey Key, hey Jay, hey. Will, uh, hey Max. Um, by the way, good move bringing me in on the Cardi B. Thank you. You just fired me up even more. Uh, the baby had a tough night. Um, well, listen. Uh, in the words of the great Cardi B, it's going to be up. I'm I'm excited. I heard Monica McNutt, who is so fantastic and i'm really looking forward to seeing her coverage during the tournament as well she's right like south carolina wire to wire ap number one we've seen that happen 12 times in the history of the tournament and 11 of those teams have won it all but here comes stanford right like they are absolutely i would say streaking at the right time which is sort of hard to say for a team that only lost a handful of games to begin with but they are playing their absolute best basketball and history tells us that we're going to see at some point a South Carolina versus Stanford matchup. We saw it last year. We've actually seen it quite a few times. Don Staley has played Tara Vanderveer as a player. She played her as a coach. In fact, for both of them, their national championships have gone through each other. So I think we're setting up for that, but we also have like a lot of, of intrigue and in other brackets too, guys, you know, NC state earns the honor of being a one seed and then they have to play in a freaking division or at least a bracket where they're probably going to face UConn, right, in Bridgeport, which is going to be really, really difficult. So I think you're just going to see a lot of the women's game is growing and the parity is growing as well. So there's definitely some sleepers. A colleague of mine, uh, Nikki Fargus, swears that Gulf, uh, Florida Gulf Coast Community College, where my sister went to school, could make some moves. So I think you're you're going to definitely see sort of the Titans that we, we expect to see um, dominate those first couple of rounds. But I think you're going to see a lot of sleeper teams who have had injuries or COVID-related issues who are sort of rounding into form at the right time. L, and this still kind of blows my mind, but how important is it that this tournament is being branded as March Madness in women's yeah. basketball for the first time? I know. Can you imagine that, Jay Will, like as a, a you know, a, to say – March Madness, right? Um, I give the NCAA credit because obviously it was really embarrassing last year, the images of, you know, the disparities in weight room. And, and it was much more than that. You know, we had a call with NCAA and like, Jay, Will, you can speak to this. The swag bags that you guys get, those weren't even the same. You know, the men were getting these like elaborate swag bags and the girls weren't. And the men were having like suites at their tournament where they could go and, and hang out with their family, family suites, right? Where they could see their loved ones the women didn't have that. There was so much inequity that was happening. The, the weight room was really just the tip of it. And I think, again, for most people, the reminder that they couldn't even say March Madness. Like, you had to brand it the women's basketball tournament. So I give the NCAA credit um, because they did a review months after the tournament ended and very quickly decided this is wrong um, and we have to change these things. And they did. They worked to change them quite quickly. So, of course, that does mean the expansion – of the field, which means we're going to get a first four game, two of them tonight, two of them tomorrow. Um, and I think it's it just speaks to the idea that you know, we sort of act like when it comes to women's sports, like, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, is it the chicken or the egg? It's not rocket science, guys. Like, if you give it support, if your coverage is robust, if you treat the game the same way, if you talk about storylines, if you make people care, if you promote brackets, um, that's all that matters. Because the thing that drives me the most nuts right now, guys, is like these you know, dudes who are sitting around uh, on Twitter talking about why the women's game isn't that good or why they're not fans of the women's game. And I'm like, dude, you're not a fan of the men's game either. If the first time you're watching a men's hoops game is during March, you're not a fan of them either. So please take several seats. Mm-hmm. Well, so with that, with that being said, who do you think is the favorite to win the whole thing? 
Yeah, South Carolina. You know, they're the favorite. But what I'm really looking forward to sort of inside the game is that, again, in their bracket is Iowa. And the conversation around the national player of the year, will it be Aaliyah Boston, which most people think it should be? Could it be Caitlin Clark? Because for a while there, Caitlin Clark was like, you know, the Steph Curry of, of the women's game and the logo shots and just incredible and putting up these gaudy numbers. But it wasn't resulting in any wins for her team. They went through a little bit of a rough patch uh, in the end of January through February. Now they're winning. They've won seven straight. So that's a matchup that we'll potentially see, um, I believe, in the in the Elite Eight as well. So, uh, But I think anyone would tell you, like, if you've got money to spend on the tournament, it's probably going to go to South Carolina and 1B would be Stanford. Mm. L. Duncan, ladies and gentlemen, but stick around, L. I just got to say this one thing that I got to ask you about Deshaun Watson. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to fill out your brackets in the men's and women's tournament. Filling out brackets with ESPN is free and easy. The ESPN Tournament Challenge is presented by WebEx. We have already passed 11.6 million brackets. Go to the app and join the KJM group to play along with us. L, we've been talking about the Falcons as a fit for Deshaun Watson. As mm-hmm. a, an Atlanta native... Do you think yeah. that city, your city, is a good landing spot for him based on everything that has come out about Deshaun Watson over the past year? Yeah, it's difficult, right? Because um, even, you know, my I'm born and raised in Atlanta. My family is from Denver. So while I've inherited all the other Atlanta teams, my actual team is the Broncos. And before they got Russell Wilson, the coworkers kept asking, like, how would you feel about them getting Deshaun Watson? And I just... It doesn't feel good to me, um, uh, and I'm glad that you know my team, the Broncos, you know, didn't put me in a position to have to sort of compartmentalize that. But I think that for Atlanta specifically, when this news came down yesterday, they were a sleeper team. I looked at my husband, also born and raised, and he's an actual Atlanta Falcons fan, and he was like, you know, this feels like for a city who has been sort of um, you know mired when it comes to the Falcons the legacy of Mike Vick, uh, I think that there would, I, I actually think that there would be, um, I think he'd be accepted there. I do. I think that um, Atlanta fans have wanted fantastic quarterback play for a long time. And I'm not saying they haven't gotten it in Matt Ryan. I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan fan in the world. Um, I think he has been from ranging from really good to serviceable uh, during his tenure in Atlanta, but like he never, ever, changed the face of the city or the franchise like a Mike Vick did. Like, he never excited uh, Atlanta fans in a way. Matt Ryan's never excited Atlanta fans in a way that Mike Vick did, in the way that would draw fans that weren't even football fans into the arena. And I think that um, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson has clearly a lot of personal issues and a lot of of issues that he needs to deal with, um, I think they would actually really embrace the idea of having a black quarterback uh, in the city, and one that is, uh, you know, a generational talent. But it it will require a lot of sort of grappling with the idea of just because there was no criminal charges brought, um, do you do you believe that twenty two women made this up? And if you don't believe that, then it I imagine it's going to be difficult to to wear the jersey of someone or you know, look your daughters in the face and say like, well, I'm going to, to trust the legal system here, but I'm also going to just like trust, you know, my own powers of deduction and say he didn't do it. I don't know. If this is before all of this, Max, I would tell you that man's going to run the city along with Trey Young. But now um, it's just, it's really hard to sort of come to terms with and grapple with. But I think that if there is a landing spot for him, uh, apart from, 
you know, Vegas, where we always sort of joke about what Raiders fans are like and that, you know, they, they sort of welcome that thing. I, I do actually think that he would do okay in Atlanta, uh, mostly because of the makeup of the city um, and because, you know, black people tend to rally around other black people. L. Duncan, ladies and gentlemen, you're good. You're very good, you. Uh, nice speaking with you, L. Yes. Yes, thanks for having me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So the Jets sign safety Jordan Whitehead, cornerback DJ Reed from the Seahawks the day after shoring up their offensive line with tight end C.J. Uzoma from the Bengals and uh, guard Lakin Tomlinson from the Niners. The guy wanted the Giants to get. Giants did well in the O-line, but Tomlinson's a star on the line, or the next thing to it at least. And, uh, I, you know, that's a real nice pickup for a Jets line that performed well last year, even with Becton's injury. Meantime, they lost safety Marcus May, who signed with the Saints. What do we make key of the Jets' free agency move so far? I think Joe Douglas has done a good job. He's done a, a job called a plug job. He's plugging the holes that need to be filled. Uh, they they needed a safety. They needed a corner. They went out and got DJ Reed, which I mean, it, it, you know, it's fine. It's not a we're not getting a a, a tie law or anything like that. But he's a he's a decent corner. Um, the tight end was was big from Cincinnati. It adds depth. I think now they turn their sights to. Edge rushers, defensive linemen, you know, wide receiver, big-time wide receiver, whether it's via draft or trade, free agency, and depth on the offensive line. But other, I thought, I think Joe Douglas is doing a good job. So they like, that's not the problem. It's, the, it's being able to coach these guys up. Evan, they like Fant, right, as the left tackle now? George Fant, yeah, he'll be the left tackle, and then Becton will be the right tackle. So, so like, the way I see this, Jay, is if they like Fant, who's okay at left tackle, but that's really just need competence unless you're going up against an elite pass rusher off the right side and and Becton on the right side should be very good Vera Tucker now you got you got Lakin Tomlinson and if they if they draft someone like Linderbaum that's a vicious offensive yeah, you gotta have that you gotta have that depth because you you can account for missing you know a handful of games 
on your offensive line from your offensive lineman throughout the season. They're going to miss okay, games. But I, I, no doubt. But their starters look good, and they oh, give yeah, Zach Wilson yeah, a chance yeah, to yeah. develop. I mean, the, that's the, why, the best yeah, thing no that question. they did here is they gave themselves a chance to get the best player available in the draft at the number four pick because they've shored up their needs. So now they can draft the best player available. Evan, yeah. I, I, like, I like how they're building things out. I would ask you this question. I already have my opinion. Is Zach Wilson the answer for you guys long term? I don't know yet, and I won't know until this year. I, I saw some really good things from him at the end of last season, but I just didn't see enough. Let's not, let's not forget, Zach Wilson did not throw a pick at home all of all, like at the back end of the season at all. Like He just didn't throw picks. He didn't make mistakes. So I think that, yeah, I saw some things, but I, I'm not sold yet that he's the answer. You draft a wide out, you get Linderbaum if the Giants pass on him, and the Jets have an offensive line, someone for the guy to throw the ball to, and maybe a quarterback. They'll find out. You voted at KJ and Max on Twitter, and we listen. It's time for Choose Your Own Adventure. So here were the options this morning for Choose Your Own Adventure, right? You produced the show, last segment of the show. March Madness, Ovechkin passing Yager, Baker's open letter to the fans, and not playing games, okay? So those are the four. The Ovechkin and Yager actually did not come in last. The not playing games did, right? 14% to 12.2%. March Madness, 24.6%, but the runaway winner with NBA's almost 50% March of the Madness. vote. Was the NBA's March Madness? Sorry, pardon me. All the crazy March scores um, for the NBA, but almost fifty percent of the vote, forty-nine point two. Baker's open letter. So here it is. You've you choose the segment. Past four years have been nothing short of truly life changing. Wrote Baker on social media. Since I heard my name called in the draft to go to Cleveland, it's not a message with hidden meaning. It's strictly to thank the fans of Cleveland for embracing my family and me. We've made memory, many memories and shared growing. In this process, through all the ups and downs, I have no clue what happens next, which is the meaning behind the silence I've had during the duration of this process. I can only control what I can, which is trusting in God's plan throughout this process. I've given this franchise everything I have. That is something I've always done at every stage, at every level, and that will not change wherever I take my next snap. Whatever happens, I just want to say thank you to the fans who truly embraced who I am and the mentality that... Excuse me. The mentality that aligns so well with this city's hardworking people, Cleveland, will always be a part of Emily and my story, and we will always be thankful for the impact it has had and will have in our lives. Sincerely, Baker Reagan Mayfield. And he posts that, of course, because the Browns are talking to Deshaun Watson. Um, Here is uh, Jake Trotter, ESPN NFL Nation Cleveland Browns reporter on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on... The Browns, Deshaun Watson, Baker, Mayfield dynamic. I wouldn't say at this point that the bridge has been burned, but it certainly is on fire right now. And I think the most likely scenario is that the Browns don't get Deshaun Watson and they're going to have to try to either repair things with Baker Mayfield or they're going to have to trade him and try to get another quarterback. And that market is dwindling pretty fast here. I mean, you've got – you know, let's see, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you've got Gardner Minshew, maybe Matt Ryan if the Falcons land, uh, Deshaun Watson. Key, what do you think? Oh, man, poor Baker. Well, look, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm going to let it play out, and then I'm a, uh, it's going to be hell on Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski because I may not want to come back. I may ask you to trade me. See, and, and, and now what you going to do? You're no, gonna what you're going to do is trade him. 
You know? Now what you gonna do though? You go you go you gonna have to trade me. Well, so now trade a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Goodbye, Baker. Okay. And, you know. I, if that's what you think the answer is, then go ahead and do it. I just feel if, if I'm Andrew Barry, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, like I'm not pressing. I don't feel the need to press. It, it's a generational type of quarterback that is out there. there but I think I'm generational. Right. You could think whatever you want. It doesn't mean I have to think that way. <laughs> the slowest, shortest quarterback of the of a generation. No. He's like Baker. I think is a little underrated. Actually, but I, I don't think he's enough. He's got enough weight to make demands I, like that. I think and, I'm good. And I, I got a case to build against you. And I you, like Baker. I get hurt. I play hard. This is my fifth offensive coordinator, my hundredth head coach. I, think I don't have no dependable that. receivers, and y'all trying to make me look bad. That's no, fine. Well, dependable I, I like, receivers. I like receivers. Baker. That's fine. Baker, I like you. Me too. I think if I'm talking good. to you, if, Key. If you're Baker, I hear what you're saying, my brother, and I like you. I think that can win us a championship faster. And you know what? If you feel the need that you don't want to be here, I can't help that. Then you don't. You don't need to be here. Okay. Well, then we'll rebuild. We'll rebuild. Okay. Well, go ahead and rebuild. Rebuild on the championship team that you already developed. That's real smart, Mister Barry. But except again, if if Jimmy G is a second round pick, the Browns have a nice team. I just saw Jimmy G. Only two seasons. He's healthy in the last three, and that availability is an issue. Although also for Baker, he's been banged up. Jimmy G came one throw away from winning a Super Bowl, followed that up with almost getting back to a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I'm good with Jimmy G. If if Baker – now, I'm not saying I want to go get him instead of Baker. Baker can can ride this thing. You know, let's see what happens. But not if he's going to be a problem, Key. But I don't, I don't know that he will be, though. I'm going to be a problem. Me and my family, we've done too much for the city of Cleveland. We've been a part of this organization turning things around. Y'all been looking for a quarterback for 100 years, and you treat me this way? You 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 treat me this way. You took me to the restaurant and you left out the back door to go see somebody else and then came back talking about, oh, did dinner come yet? Please. I don't um, think Baker's gonna be that way. I think Baker I think Baker would handle it. He wouldn't like it. But I think with money on the line and the opportunity for him, I mean, what team if you trade him to a worse team, you think that's gonna help him get his money? I see a lot of times when if, if a player were to use something like all the things I've done for the community, et cetera, I hear that in much the same way I hear the team talking about the loyalty we've shown to this player. In the end, it's about what are you producing? And but all you, the other but stuff already is, started that, though, is kind of peripheral. What's that? With the letter last night, he already started it. He started. already started. Baker has already started everything protecting his side and getting out in front of and getting the fan base around him. You, you you heard what Mary Kay Cabot said when she was on with us earlier. It's a split 50-50 fan base. He's trying to make sure to collect all the fans that he can to rally with him and not against him. Here, check this out, though, Key. You run the, the Cleveland Browns. You have a chance to bring in Deshaun Watson. You're doing it right now or not? Absolutely. Okay, let me tell you something else. If Baker ran the Cleveland Browns, if he was well, the Baker GM, <laughs> he would go after Deshaun Watson. You no, know? he wouldn't. No, he wasn't because Baker Mayfield mind tells him he's on the same level as Deshaun. That's because he ain't the GM. If he was, Baker not stupid. If he was, he no, would go man. after Deshaun Watson. He's a starting quarterback in the National Football League who's led a team to, to two playoff appearances <laughs> or whatever and won a playoff game and all the other stuff. He certainly believes that he's on equal footing as Deshaun Watson. I can guarantee you that. Not if his job he ain't de- going to back down. Not if his job depended on actually getting – like if his paycheck depended on how far the team got, he'd go after Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm saying. So, like, it's, a, it's not an unreasonable thing 
the Browns are doing. And by the way, I don't think it's unreasonable for Baker to read the writing on the wall and say, all right, if you don't want me, if you get Deshaun, I'm good. The question is, if they don't get Deshaun, Key, that's what you're really focusing on. What happens next, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. And it might be untenable for him to stay there if that's if he feels like he don't want to be there We can sit up there and act like, oh, well, this is an organization and we run this organization all we want to, Jay. That dude is human and he's an athlete. And when you question him as an athlete, he is going to have pushback on you. I promise you. His wife, Emily, is not sitting there going, we could just be happy in the box for one more season. No, she like, baby, never mind them, bump them, blah, 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 blah. We can move on. You know how they get in your ear and get to going? Yeah, Baker doesn't <laughs> – Baker has uh, – Max Lab. You can trade him wherever you want, right? He can't deny a trade. He has no trade clause, right? I'm sure he doesn't. So, I mean, so you have to look at that and realistically think, okay, I may be angry, but what gives me the best chance for me to actually earn my money? Yeah, he's got he's So, you got to think about here. that. Yeah, you may be that here. guy in your own mind, but where you go – can matter about what's in your bank account. No, what? Send me to Canada. I don't care. to talk about right now. He's up in five seconds. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.